we've been talking on Thursday nights about uh, the purpose and uh, and 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 the the pro- the procession or the progression or the things that you go through to get into the purpose that God created you for. And we looked at Jeremiah 1 and verse 5, where he said, Jeremiah, I knew you. When? Before you were knit together in your mother's womb. How did you know me, God? Because in John 1, Gospel of John chapter 1 and verse 9, the Bible says that he lights every spirit that comes into the world. So people come into the world and, 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 and they're already lit up with God until they reach the age of a decision. That's why in the book of Psalms, you'll see it several times. Don't get your name blotted out of the Lamb's book of life because you're born with your name in it. <laughs> your name's in the book until you make your quality decision to serve God or not to serve God. So then, of course, we looked in Ephesians chapter 1 and verse 4 where it says that he chose you. No, he, he chose you in him before the foundation of the world. Before he did anything else, he planned on having you living in the year 2020. And he has a plan and a purpose for your life. And there's a pattern and a procession that you need to walk out, but, but the plan is already in place. You know, in Romans chapter 11, I think around verse 6, he's talking to the Hebrew people, and he says he has a remnant. But in the church, if you'll study Joel chapter 2, you'll find out that he has a remnant in the church also. And so you're that remnant. You were specifically chosen to live now. And maybe, and maybe if you look at your natural abilities, you don't see what it is that God called you for. But if you, he had the purpose and he created you, and he has a purpose for you, okay? And so to discover your purpose, he wants you to know why he put you here. <laughs> but then most people won't go through the, through the, the, process, the procession, the progression, whatever it is. Most people don't ever reach the full potential of their lives because they won't go to the Garden of Gethsemane and die. No, it's the truth. It's, you know, there's a dying process. The valley of the shadow of death is a part of your life. His rod and his staff will comfort you, and he'll prepare a table before you, even in the presence of your enemies. But you go through. It doesn't say that you skip by the valley of the shadow of death. You've got to go through it. Why? Because it's a part of the process. In order for you to, in order for you to wear the crown of life, Maybe it is got to wear the crown of thorns first. I don't know. If there's no death, there's no resurrection. And like so many in, in, in my generation, I can look at so many ministries that didn't finish their call because they refused to die. Oh, they might have had big success. They might have had thousands of people in their church at one time, but now they're off the rails. I could go on and list you a whole name of people with books written that don't even have a church to preach in anymore because they wouldn't go through the process. And so when the, when the trouble came, it overcame them because they didn't humble themselves to the death of the cross. You know, humility is, and, and again, God's more interested in what you become than what you accomplish. And now, even here tonight, you're training for reigning with him. Remember the guy that, remember when he gave out the talents, the gold talents, you know, to the three different individuals? 
And to the one who took care of the ten really well, he said, I'm going to put you in charge of ten cities or five cities or whatever it was. That wasn't on this earth. Not now. So what he was talking about is during the millennial reign, this guy is going to be in charge of ten cities. How did he get there? By being faithful with little so that he could trust it with much. So whether you're training for reigning, you need to know you are. But I want to read, uh, everybody likes a passion translation around here, I think. I've never heard a Bible quoted more than that in my life. And uh, so I want to quote from the Passion Translation tonight. Okay. (laughs) Psalm 139. The whole psalm would just make your socks go up and down on their own. I'm going to pick it up in verse 14. I thank you, God for making me so mysteriously complex. And you better know how complex you are. If you only knew what was going on in your body all the time, all the time, no computer could match it. I thank you, God, for making me so mysteriously complex. Everything you do is marvelously breathtaking. It simply amazes me to think about it, how thoroughly you know me. Verse 15. You even formed every bone in my body when you created me in the secret place, carefully, skillfully shaping me from nothing into something. You saw who you created me to be before I ever became me. Before I'd ever seen the light of day, the number of the days you planned for me are already recorded in a book. Huh? So there's no accidents. And if you find yourself in a situation, You're in it. (laughs) Go through it. You know, yea, though I go through the valley of the shadow of death, don't build a house there, don't camp out and and, uh, have a pity party. Just just keep rejoicing in the Lord always. And again, I say rejoice. And so Jesus had to go through the process. We've been talking about that. He had to go through it. Even though he was the son of God. Philippians 2, 5 says he thought it not, not robbery to be equal with God, but made himself of no reputation. Wasn't trying to be some big shot, wasn't trying to be somebody. Made himself of no reputation and took on the form of a man. What a miraculous thing that is. To set aside his glory and to become a man. And then he said, and then he was found in the fashion of a man. He what? Humbled himself even to the death of the cross. So, he, and like we said in the previous episodes, <laughs> Adam was created innocent, not perfect. Jesus was created innocent and not perfect. He became perfect when he passed all the tests. And because he passed all the tests, he's, perfect, tests, he's perfected you, but he's not leaving you out of the process. No, but if you understand the process when bad things are going on, Count it all joy, my brethren, when you fall into diverse temptations, tests, and trials, knowing that the trial of your faith works patience. And when patience has its perfect work, you'll be what? Complete, entire, lacking in nothing. Count it all joy when crap happens. It's easy to count it all joy when things are going well. Count it all joy, my brethren, when you fall into the poop. Divers, temptations, tests, and trials. Does any of that sound good? And yet he says, get happy. 
because it's the process that you're going through to get you where you need to be. <laughs> anyway, let's go to let's let's go to um, Hebrews chapter five. And of course, Hebrews chapter two and verse ten. You already know that that the Bible says that the captain of our salvation became perfect through the things that he suffered, so that he could restore you back to glory. He went through things. The captain of our salvation became perfect so that he could restore many sons back to his original intention for man to rule and reign in life, right? So Hebrews chapter 5, we're going to continue on with that same thought. And, and, and I wrote in my margin, the necessary path. I mean, there's a quick way to get where you need to go, but, but not the character development to keep you there. And so while you're going through some things, you're being built on the inside. So verse, uh, well, let's read verse 7. That's Hebrews chapter 5 and verse 7. It says, Who in the days of his flesh, when he had offered up prayers and supplications, with strong crying and tears unto him that was able to save him from death, he was heard in that he feared or revered the Lord. Look at this, verse 8. Though he were a son, yet he learned obedience through the things that he suffered. Verse 9. And being, and this is not a popular message until you, until you get understanding of what the things that you're going through. If you, I'm telling you right now, if you just keep an attitude, you can sail through life. If you just realize, hey, God is for me. He'll, he, he's not against me. He'll never leave me. He'll never fail me. He'll never forsake me. I might not understand what's going on, but I know that even if the devil brought it for harm, it's working. It's working for my good because all things work together for my good because I've been purposed by him. I, I planned, predestinated, he said in Romans chapter 8, predestinated by him. So the things that the devil brings... And we know it's the devil because, you know, the Bible says that he can't tempt any man with evil, right? And so, so if, if you're being tempted with bad things, it's not God. But, but he'll allow the process to get you to a place where you just trust him all the time. So he says he learned obedience by the things that he suffered and being made perfect. See, this is what I want you to see again. Because this process will take you through Psalm 23, the shadow. Notice it's the shadow of death. Notice it's not real death, it's the shadow of death. What's dying is your flesh. <laughs> no, no, because lots of times we live with a little bit of God, a little bit of flesh, and a little bit of the devil. And God, right? That's how we live. And God is saying, I want you to be so victorious, so superior to any demon on this earth. And so what we need to do with you is crucify your flesh. How do you crucify the flesh, Lord? Follow me, I'll show you. <laughs> but I don't want to put up with that person. You know, I was talking to three different pastors today. And I told this one pastor, just for fun. I said, look, brother, during this pandemic, I even, I even miss the people I don't like. Now, I like everybody. I didn't. I just. I just did it to make them laugh because they're still in the middle of it. They're still trying to get services started and things like that, you know. But uh, what was my point in all that? 
my point is there is this process. We get all excited about 2020, and then boom, all this happened. And I thought, really, I thought, and so the other pastors I was talking to, the same thing, I thought that when it was over, the churches would fill up. But instead, they got used to sitting home. <laughs> Total different. And so this isn't going to do it. But then if you're reading through the Bible with us through the year, if you just read in Second Chronicles, the Bible says that God had to turn, turn the hearts of Judah to get them into unity, to get them moving. And so the thing that needs to happen is not what the devil did to try and control everybody. It's what it's God pouring out his glory and pouring out his spirit. Because it's kind of like, it's like, you know, I had some people approach me. We need to have all night prayer. I agree. I totally agree with that. But I said, if we did it right now, we have five or six cranky people <laughs> that don't want to be here. But the pastor said, but when the heart gets into it, when it's a heart change, it's where you want to be. Like the, you, what will fill up a church on a Thursday night? A heart change. That the things out there aren't near as important to me as what's going on in here because I realize I'm the remnant. I got a revelation now that this is the last day that God chose me for the last and that he has a purpose for me. And the longer I delay the purpose, the more miserable things will become in my life, right? So, so he says, and he became perfect. He became the author of eternal salvation unto all of those that what? Obey him. Called of God, a high priest after the order of Melchizedek or Melchizedek. Melchizedek is king and Zedek is, is righteousness. So he's a king of righteousness. Of whom we have many things to say and hard to be uttered, seeing that the church is still dull of hearing. For when the time came that you ought to be teachers, you have need of people to teach you again, which be the first principles of the oracles of God, and are become such as need milk and not strong meat. Why? Because resisting the process. What does the process look like? Well, if you look at the life of Joshua, Joshua went through the process. He served Moses. Moses was not perfect, but he served Moses through thick and thin, up and down, not knowing that one day God was going to say, Hey, Joshua, Moses, my servant, is dead. Now, therefore, arise and take this people over Jordan. Same thing with Elisha. Elisha, I think it's in 2 Kings chapter 2, he was plowing with 12 yoke of oxen. You know what that says? He was a wealthy, wealthy man. And Elijah, the Tishbite, was a hairy man in a leather garment. You know, he was the, he was the biker of the day. And he rolls up on Elisha, takes the mantle off and throws it on him and says, follow me. And Elisha said, I, well, I, I can't do that right now. i got to go say goodbye to my parents. He said, well, then forget it. I'm, I'm going on. That guy, the Bible says that he burned up all of those, all of his wealth and sacrificed all of those oxen to follow a man. And you wonder, how did he ever get the double portion from a man that wasn't? Because he gave up everything to, be, to obey the call of God. And when you obey the call of God, you can't get offended. You can't get upset. You cannot. Because, because when you do, you got to back up and go through the process again. We laugh at them being 40 years in the wilderness, and we do the same thing. Grumble and complain because things aren't going my way. Right? They didn't do it the way I wanted. It's not about you. Okay. And yet it is. For everyone that uses milk, verse 13... 
is unskillful in the word of righteousness and is just a babe. But strong meat belongs to those that are of a full age, even by reason of their senses, have exercised discernment to know both good and evil. So they had to make discerning decisions, didn't they? And they had to exercise their flesh. My flesh is not going to control my decision-making. I'm going to get discernment and be led by the Spirit of God. Amen? So with that in mind, let's go back to Ephesians chapter 4. Now again, remember, you can have a little bit of God, a little bit of the devil, a little bit of flesh, and you can make it through. You can go to church and, and, and do what you need to get done, but you won't reach your destiny, your destination. You'll miss the mark. You'll miss the high call that's on your life. And again, I talked the other, a couple of weeks ago about Kenneth E. Hagin, the most powerful man of God that I've met in my life. I mean, Vicki Jameson Peterson, the female version, but when meeting him and realizing that he said that he'd only gotten to the second or the third phase of his ministry, Somebody like that? I'm thinking, Lord, hallelujah. What's it cost? You just have to die. You just have to make it about others. It's not about, when you make it about others, when you get all wrapped up in what, caring for other people, amen. And I'm preaching to me too, like, you know, come on, uh, we're working this thing together. But in verse uh, 22, he says, Put off concerning your former conversation, says in the King, King James. Your old lifestyle, the old man. Why? Why? Because he's corrupt according to deceitful lust. The heart is deceitfully wicked. Who should know it? Come on. And be renewed. What should I do then, God? Be renewed in the spirit of your mind. And that you put on the new man, the pneuma man, the spirit man which after God is created in righteousness and true holiness. You know, I, I, I'm writing a letter to somebody that I want to minister to, and, and I used uh, Proverbs chapter 23 and verse 7. You know, it's not psychic determinism. That, that, In other words, psychology, I've read enough of the self-help books to know that they can change my mind a little bit. But that doesn't bring the cure. And then there's, and then there's, your DNA, you know, well, it's my genetic, uh, you know, it's my genetics. I can't help it because this is the way my dad operated or my mother operated. You can't, it's not genetic determinism either. And it's not environmental because when I was a drug addict, I moved from one part of the country to the other trying to get away from drugs. And when I ended up in another place, I acted just like I did before. And I ran with the same people that I did before because you gravitate toward the familiar, right? So, so it's not genetic and it's not psychology, although that'll help you as a Christian, you know, a little bit. But the Bible says that out of the heart, what a man believes in his heart, out of, the, out of your heart, your mouth speaks. It's you, what, what you determine in your heart is who you, who you end up being. And so God says, I, everything that I do in your life is from the heart out. It's not from the mind in either it's from the heart through the mind and out it's come on as a man thinks in his heart so is he 
So the guy that I'm writing this letter to, he's been trying to change himself for a while, going to counseling and all of that. I'm not saying any of that's bad, but until you get your heart changed, until you, until you turn your life over to Jesus, all of those things are just exercises in futility. It's like guys going to anger management classes. Well, it may work for a while until you really get ticked off again. <laughs> Hallelujah. Yeah. No, it's a heart change. Be renewed in the spirit of your mind that you put on the new man that God created. Look at this. God created in righteousness and true holiness. Wherefore, putting away lying. He's talking to the church. What's lying? Well, I'm going to try to come. No, you're lying. Just say you're not going. But it's those little, little things. And then it's bigger things, too. You know when you're lying. <laughs> okay. You know when everybody else is lying. I don't know if you know when you're lying or not. There's no liars in here. I know that. He says, putting away lying, speak every man truth with his neighbor. Well, look, why? Because we are members of one another. Members of one another. So you're always being good to me. How can I be good to you? And be good to you without looking for an opportunity to control you by being good to you. <laughs> I blessed you and now you owe me. No, it's none of that. None of that. It's a God heart. Put, a, put away lying, speak every man truth with his neighbor. We are members of one another. Be angry and sin not. This is for husbands and wives. <laughs> Don't let the sun go down on your wrath. <laughs> None of you have ever argued with your mate. That's cool. That's good. But if you ever do, this is the verse for you. Don't let the sun go down on it. Why? Because he says here, neither give place to the devil. See, if you're offended with me, then you're already off and it's ended. Offended. Off and ended. Whatever you've been believing God for, it's off now. It's ended. How do I get it back on? By doing this. Don't give place to the devil. Let him that stole. Again, I want you to know that this is written to the church. And you say, well, who would steal as a Christian? Well, I remember George Moss one time went into this church. And uh, before he preached, he was with, uh, for lunch with the pastor. And the lunch, at lunch, the pastor told him that nobody in the church was paying tithes or giving offerings or anything like that. So then George just filed it away. And then when they got to the church that evening, he said, George, you can hang your coat up here. George said, no, I'm keeping my coat with me. Why are you keeping your coat with you? Well, you just told me there's a pack of thieves in here. And he said, I'm not, I'm not going to take my coat off. <laughs> there are areas that have a stingy spirit. I heard this story from, no, no, don't get off on that. Don't get off on that. Okay. Ask me later. Gary Butley. He'll tell you all about it. Call him. Okay. Let no corrupt communication, wait now, let's get back. Let him that stole steal no more, but go get a job. Why? So that you can have to what? So you can have to give. In other words, when you talk to me about a need, I'm going to talk to you about a seed. If you, if you, if you have a need, then plant a seed. It's so simple. James came out and planted us a garden. James, you've got to come tell us what some of this stuff is. <laughs> No, it's growing. I, I can't identify some of it. It's kind of, it's all good. Like, you know, I can tell what a carrot looks like. I mean, 
and beets and things like that. But some of that stuff is growing out there. I need to watch over it too because there's a bunch of deer in my yard. That's probably why I had to kill one with the car the other night. But just anyway, back to this. Let him that stole steal no more, but go get a job. <laughs> Work with your hands that is good that you may have to give to the one in need. Don't let corrupt communication come out of your mouth, but that which is good to edify, that you may minister grace to the hearers, and grieve not the Holy Spirit of God. You're sealed unto the day of redemption. Let all bitterness and wrath and anger and clamor and evil speaking be put away from you, and all malice. And be kind, look at this, be kind to one another, tenderhearted, forgiving one another, and forgiving means forgetting. I forgive you, but I ain't never going to forget it. No, forgiving is the thought doesn't, it's just gone now. It's gone. You know, this is a brand new day, and I'm not holding any yesterdays against anybody. This is a brand new day. So, so today, forgiving one another. Why? For even as, Christ, even as God, for Christ's sake, has forgiven you. Now, this chapter, to me, this is the Garden of Gethsemane. We're, that, that's it. If you can do all that. You 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 just you just killed yourself, and and then I mean, but we even pray, forgive us our trespasses, even as we forgive those that trespass against us. Well, if I want God to forgive me the way that I forgive you, even as I forgive those that trespass against me, if I want Him to forgive me the way I forgive you, I better make sure that I'm really forgiving you. No, I mean real forgiveness. I mean real. Don't just open up your heart and have nothing against anyone. Not only that, it's so freeing. Not only that, when you let other people go, they, they lose their power to hurt you, no matter what they do. It sets you free. You can be free in this world. You don't have to walk around holding grudges. You'll never guess what they did. You'll never guess what they did. Well, let's talk about what you did then. No, 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 I don't want to talk about that. <laughs> Amen to that. I understand. So the Garden of Gethsemane, there it is right there. Genesis chapter 4, verses 22 to 32 works pretty good. But let's go to Peter chapter, 1 Peter chapter 4. I mean, I don't like some of these verses. <laughs> Do you like them all? How about chapter 4 and verse 1 of Peter? For as much then as Christ has suffered in the flesh, arm yourself likewise with the same mind, for he that has suffered in the flesh, look at this, has ceased from missing the mark. Sin, missing the mark. So the suffering that you're going through is perfecting you. It's like we couldn't wait to get back to the gym and understand they're opening up again, but it's resistance training. You know, the way that you grow a muscle is by putting more resistance on it. The way that you grow a Christian is by putting more resistance on him, on her. Well, I don't want, I, I know, no pain, no gain, though. No pain, no gain. Come on, it's, it just happens. So likewise, arm yourself in the flesh. Uh, verse 2, that he no longer should live the rest of his time in the flesh for the lusts of men, but to the will of God. See, because God, God, again, all creation is waiting for a manifestation of the sons of God. That is, that's, that's our process. That's our purpose, rather. The process of getting there is when you get to verse 14 of Romans 8, he said, when you get led by the Spirit of God, you are the Son of God. When you get led by your flesh, you're not. 
When you get led by your mind, you're not. Your mind is hostile to the things of God, right? So, so let's read on here. For the time past, our lives may su- suffice us to have wrought the things of the Gentiles when you walked in lasciviousness, lusts, excess of wine, uh, revelings, banquetings, and abominable idolatries. We're in, they, now, now people, I remember when I first got saved, my, my, I said, How am I, what am I going to do with my friends? The Christian guy that was counseling me said, they'll fall off. You won't have to do anything with them. When they find out that you don't want to party with them anymore, they'll be gone. So verse 4, why do you think it's strange that, that you don't run with them anymore in excessive riot, speaking evil? They, now they're talking ugly about you. Hmm. Right? Verse 6, this cause was the gospel preached also to them that are dead, that they might be judged according to the men of the flesh, but, or, but rather live according to, the, to, the God in, to God in spirit. Verse, the next verse here, verse um, 7 says this, but the end of all things are at hand. I said the end of all things are at hand. And so he's, he's going to tell you to be sober and pray. Besides that, you probably saw every movie Netflix ever had over the pandemic, so now it's time to get something else going on, right? right. For those of you watching at home, people here on Thursday night, they didn't do that. Okay. Verse 9 says, Use hospitality one to another without grudging. Every man has received a gift. Minister that gift to one another as good stewards of the manifold grace of God. If any man speaks, let him speak the oracles of God. If any man ministers, let him do it with the ability that God gave him, that God in all things may be glorified through Jesus Christ to whom be praise and dominion forever. Amen. Beloved, don't think it's strange concerning the fiery trial that seems to try you right now. As though some strange thing has happened to you. Something strange is going on. Why is it happening to me and not to other people? My Bible tells me in Peter chapter 5 that it's happening to your brethren in the world. Everybody's going through the process. What's it, what am I supposed to do when things are going bad? He's going to tell you in the next verse. But rejoice. Insomuch as you are partakers of Christ's sufferings, that when his glory shall be revealed, you may be glad also with exceeding joy. If you're reproached for the name of Christ, happy are you, for the spirit of glory of God rests upon you. Oh, hallelujah. The spirit of the glory of God rests upon you. On their part, you're evil spoken of, but on your part, he is glorified. Let none of you suffer as a murderer or a thief, of course, or an evildoer, or a busybody. Busybodies never get anything. The biggest gossip is the poorest person in the church, usually. Yet, yet if we suffer as a Christian, let him not be ashamed, but let him glorify God on his behalf. For the time is coming when judgment must begin in the house of God. If then it begins with us, what shall be the end of those that don't obey the gospel? Come on. So, so, and again, judgment, you know, in the, remember, in the day of judgment, in the day of judgment, you remind yourself as he is, so are we. we can we just close on that verse? That's 1 John 4, 17, 18, around about there. But, you, but it's always a happy note to end on. 
because it gets people back to, hey, I'm going through the process because. Verse 16 of 1 John 4, we have known and believed. Now, it's kind of like, like faith is a noun, but believe is an action word. So when you believe something, you, you, we're, going to know you, you, we're going to know it because you're working on it. You're working on the building. We have known and believed the love that God has for us. God is love. He that dwells in love dwells in God and God in him. Herein is love made perfect that we have boldness in the day of judgment because as he is, so are we in this. As he is now, so are we in this world. Mm. There is no fear in love because mature love casts out fear. Fear has torment. He that fears is not made perfect in love. So the part of the process is so that you don't have ang anxious thoughts. So that when things are going wrong all around you, that you don't get uptight, that you stay in peace. He said, I'm leaving my peace with you. Notice the world gives peace. The peace that I'm leaving you passes all understanding and it'll rule your heart and rule your mind. And he said, and I'm giving you my joy so that my joy may be in you so that your joy may be full. My joy in you so that your joy can be full. And joy is not happiness. Joy is a spiritual force that it doesn't matter what's going on around you, you can access that and say, hey, praise the Lord. Like, you know, you can replay the praise and worship that you heard here tonight. I find lots of times that happens with me. I hear a song at a praise service, and then the next day or the day after, that thing will start playing inside of me. Not only will it teleport me back into the service, but it will teleport me into the throne room of God. Hallelujah, that's a good place to be. Don't you agree that's a good place to be? Aren't you glad you're a Thursday night person? Yes. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thursday nights are special. Special. Special to God. Because coming on a Thursday costs you something. It costs you more than it does on a Sunday. Because on Sunday you get to visit all your friends and, and all of that, and it's all good. Fellowship is a big part of the body of Christ. But on Thursday you have to make a decision. I worked all day. My flesh wants to sit down and eat pizza and watch some TV and unwind. But it's church tonight. And something will be said out of the 45 minutes message that will resonate on the inside of me, and I'll know that it was just for me to be there. Because God will make sure that you hear something that, that triggers in your heart on a Thursday night. We hope this message has encouraged you in your relationship with the Lord. For more information and ministry resources, we invite you to visit our website at www.newcovenantchurch.ca. We look forward to you joining us next time as we continue to live victoriously.